Welcome, everyone, to another great edition of Stick a Fork in It. Uh, we are really, really excited for our special guests today. That's right. I used the plural guests. Yes. Two fantastic tag team members from General Mills. Welcome, Scott and Katie. Great to have you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to have you guys on board. Um, we are celebrating today. It is a major uh, community-wide celebration, uh, cereal for summer, biggest year ever. Two million. <laughs> Over two million meals. The biggest year ever. We have, since I've been at the food bank, grown and grown and grown and grown. And we were talking about this in a meeting and it's just, everyone can relate to cereal. I don't really care who you are. You have your favorite, um, you have your memory. So I'm going to ask everybody today a question. And of course, I'm going to actually start with Matt. Matt, childhood memory cereal, one, two, three, go. All right. So the perfect one is, uh, it actually ties into our cereal for summer campaign nicely because I walked through the food bank the other day, came around a corner and saw a six foot B. And I thought, <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Um, and then it took me a second and I realized, oh, that's the Honey Nut Cheerio B. Yeah. Um, so my uh, both in the morning with milk and also all throughout the day, I could crush an entire box of Honey Nut Cheerios in a day. Um, I love, love, love Honey Nut Cheerios. They're a great snack for a road trip. They're a great uh, kind of grab a handful if you just have a little pang of hunger and it's an awesome way to start your day. So most of my childhood started with a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Ev, what about you? Thankfully, I've never encountered an actual six foot B. But uh, <laughs> for me, um, I remember, uh, you know, my favorite uh, cereal was always Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And I remember always wishing that I could just buy like cinnamon toast crunch infused milk by itself because that was like the best part was at the end, just that like cinnamon sugar milk. And I was like, I would just savor like every last drop. <laughs> That's one of the best parts I think of a lot of our cereals is yeah. just uh, after you've consumed all of the cereal, what's remaining in the milk is more or less the fun part. Right. <laughs> And the healthy part, right? To, get, to be able to drink that and just kind of finish it up. It's so, great flavored vitamin D. Yeah. There you go. And our milk partners are loving that comment. So Scott, what's your favorite? When I was a kid, I remember the uh, tricks rabbit and uh, tricks are for kids. And yes. so what would be more appropriate than to, you know, consistently consume trick cereal. And uh, as it turned out, I grew up and went to work for the company that actually makes and distributes and sells Trick cereal amongst a bunch of others. I love it. I love it. How many kids get to grow up and actually go to work for the company that makes and sells the cereals that they ate as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. That's the dream, isn't it? It's, I it love is. what you do. Absolutely. You get older and you also realize tricks are for adults too. Right. Tricks, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, yeah. Lucky Charms, yeah. all of those yeah. Reese's, Peanut Butter Puffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. Katie, what's yours? So I have always, since I was a kid to this day, loved Cinnamon Toast Crunch as well. My favorite consistently. I also love cinnamon checks, which makes me feel like more like an adult, but is also delicious and a very, very similar uh, 
flavor profile. So yeah, it's always been my, my go-to. There's something about that Chex crunch when you mm-hmm. right and Chex mix. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So we have a house of boys, Matt does too. So every cereal named is actually in my cabinet. Now my <laughs> kids are like cereal freaks. They always have been, but my best memory is Cheerios because as you raise kids and what I think is so awesome is Cheerios is kind of, um, kind of transformed. You have all the flavors, all the different, of course, honey nut is a good one. And you would give it, you would put on the, um, the high chair, you put a handful to keep them busy and okay, stack them, stack them up. Like you're trying to keep them busy, stack them up, make towers. <laughs> a lot of entertainment value there. Exactly. And they're healthy and wonderful. But then, you know, you, you mentioned checks and you can make checks mix, you know, you have all these different wonderful things. So, you know, we're, we're really, thrilled to have all these wonderful opportunities and flavors. Um, and again, cereal for summer was that amazing popular choice that anyone listening right now have are thinking about their favorite cereal and they've got one. Yeah. My kids along with a whole bunch of others in this country learned how to count using Cheerios on a high chair, you know, uh, So it's not just for food, Um, but before we get too deep into talking about our favorite foods, because I think Evan and I could have proven that we could go all day talking about nothing but different kinds of cereal and different ways. Um, We'd love to hear a little bit more about the two of you and your role with General Mills. So Scott, why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you ended up working for the brand that made your mornings wonderful as a kid. Matt, I've actually... I've been with General Mills for 35 years. So you started I, when you were two. <laughs> I did. Uh, you know, as a kid, uh, eating that trick cereal right into work, uh, very, very <laughs> early stage in life. Uh, but it has been 35 years. Uh, General Mills has taken me a good portion around the country to a number of different locations as I've worked through the sales function. Um, I actually started in a retail territory in Bowling Green, Kentucky of all places. And uh, I rolled the road, the rolling hills of central Kentucky uh, with a retail territory selling to individual stores and merchandising product. Uh, Since then, I have worked throughout just a variety of different locations uh, and currently manage our sales team that's based out of Tampa that focuses on Publix. And we coordinate all the sales activities with Publix's headquarters based in Lakeland. Uh, It's been an incredible 35-year journey, not just geographically as I've moved around the country, but to watch General Mills as a company grow and evolve. And we've had acquisitions, we've had divestitures during that period of time. And, you know, to see the portfolio of brands continue to expand. And it's always fun to get into a conversation with friends or neighbors and mention a particular brand and surprise them by the fact that that brand is part of the General Mills family. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's fun to have all of that in, in your pantry as well. And so, Katie, Scott mentioned Publix. That's where you come into our world. You want to share a little bit about your role? Yes. Yeah, so I am the shopper marketing lead uh, at General Mills for Publix. Um, I've been with General Mills for about a year and a half now. Um, and 
you know, I have always, so I'm a Clearwater native. I'm from the Tampa Bay area originally. And ha- like I mentioned, have always loved some of our General Mills brands and have always shopped at Publix. So it's kind of a dream come true to get to work on such uh, great brands and build a partnership between our brands and Publix and with public shoppers. Um, so yeah, so it's been a really great journey, it's an interesting journey. I joined, you know, six weeks prior to the COVID-19 pandemic starting. Oh, so wow. uh, it's an interesting year, <laughs> but um, it's been really great to see how General Mills has kind of responded to um, a time of need in our community, specifically, again, leading to two really great events for Zero for Summer and many more. So um, yeah, it's been a great company to start uh, working with in the last year and a half. Yes. A little, a little, a little small world tidbit. Uh, Katie's last name is Fennec. So we are standing at the food bank and she went away to get married, came back and they were trying to pronounce her name. And I perk up and she says, Fennec, Katie just married um, this year into my oldest son's very best friend in the whole wide world. since he was nine years old into their family. That makes like Tampa just goes from huge, big city, one of the top markets in our nation. And then when you're a resident here, it just goes zoop and shrinks down to this tiny little town all the time. And I'm sitting there like, like, really, really? <laughs> so, yeah. So we're going to be together for yeah. um, Eric's wedding very soon. So anyway, small yeah. world once again, right here on our podcast. It is a small world and it's, it's been fun to, uh, to get to know you, Kate, even though most of it's been virtual. Um, we mentioned a couple of times cereal for summer. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how General Mills, maybe Scott, you should answer this one, how General Mills got connected with Feeding Tampa Bay and, and built out the cereal for summer program. This truly is a grassroots story. When you think about uh, our engagement and the evolution and the growth uh, back in 2019, when Cereal for Summer was executed, and that was pre-pandemic, pre-COVID, a lot of publicity, obviously, on 10 Tampa Bay News. And being a cereal company, and even as broad as General Mills' portfolio is across different food categories, we've always considered ourselves to be a cereal company. Our marquee brands are some of the biggest cereals in you know, everyone's morning breakfast, like we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of cereal for summer resonated significantly with a couple of us on our team saying that we should be a part of that. We should be a bigger part of that as that comes to life and it continues to grow. So back in 2019, uh, we had some of our first engagement with the cereal for summer team, with Feeding Tampa Bay, with 10 Tampa Bay, and in full candor, uh, we did a campaign in our local office in Tampa, and we collected cereal packages. Uh, we actually ordered in a few additional cases of cereal to have on hand. And we actually drove out to one of the collection sites at a public store. And we did so uh, by filling the back of a team member's Chevy Traverse. And that was really our first opportunity to engage with the group and become a part of what today is just so much bigger and has evolved just in in a short period of time. And with that engagement in 2019, we said, 
we need to have a, a larger presence and we need to have a greater opportunity. And subsequently, there was a trigger event that occurred that really brought us in at a um, more pronounced level. And I'll let Katie describe that because she was a key part of how that came to life. Yeah, so I mentioned I had joined the team, you know, just prior to COVID starting. So we had done a lot of work already to kind of plan for our cereal for summer event in 2020, which was planned for April and May of that year. Um, COVID kind of turned everything on its head um, and we weren't really sure how we would be able to pivot. We knew that there was a really strong need in the community and we really wanted to support um, the event still knowing that people, there was an, an even stronger than in years past need at that time um, because kids weren't in school getting their free or reduced breakfast and lunch. Um, so working closely with Bay, who is just such a great partner of ours and we love working with you guys, um, we pivoted I think on a dime very quickly to make the event that's historically an in-person event with donation bins and a large in-person drive to be virtual. Um, and we actually saw a huge increase in donations that year from the virtual drive. Um, the community really showed up and uh, donated quite a bit for uh, our community, which was amazing to see. Um, and then at General Mills, so we heard a story, uh, Feeding Tampa Bay had shared this with us in 10 Tampa Bay um, of a girl, a 14-year-old girl named Kennedy McCormick, who um, has a cereal drive for her birthday every year and donates. She doesn't ask for presents for her birthday. She just asks for her friends and family to donate a box of cereal to Cereal for Summer. Um, and that was just so inspiring for our team. She was able to do that still during COVID. She hosted a piano recital virtually and people donated. Um, and so when we heard about that at General Mills, we heard about how inspiring she was. Uh, we were able to donate two truckloads um, which was about 48,000 boxes of Cheerios um, in her name in honor of her birthday to Feeding Tampa Bay. And so we had her and her family on site. Um, we were able to surprise her by like rolling up the bay doors and seeing boxes and boxes and boxes of Cheerios. And uh, it was just such a great event, so heartwarming, so exciting to see her and her family there. Um, and it was just such a great experience, I think, for all of us to be involved with that and to really make her feel special and show how appreciated uh, she was by her community and how much good she had done uh, for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think it was, that was one of those moments for us. You know, uh, the the work that we dove into at the beginning of the COVID pandemic was just so challenging and overwhelming. And we were going so fast and doing so much that um, we took the little wins where we could find them. And that was a really big win. You know, that's a moment I think ref that refreshed and, and re-energized our team to see the generosity of a partner like General Mills, to see the way in which you wanted to connect that with you know, a, a kid who has been with us longer than I've been with Feeding Tampa Bay, I think it's her sixth or seventh or eighth year donating her birthday and asking for people to give instead of to her for something she might not need but want to give cereal to Feeding Tampa Bay for things that, that people in her community, her neighbors actually do really, really need. Um, I know I have vivid, vivid memories. It's only a year ago, but it was definitely one of those moments that said, you know, we can do this. We can get through this as a community. This is exactly what we need. We need kids stepping up and doing what they can, companies stepping up and doing what they're able to do. And, and we're going to keep pushing forward. So it was a huge 
um, you know, it was, it was just a, a great moment for us organizationally. And, and I appreciate that General Mills was really the one behind making that all happen. This podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. Yeah, I think I can speak on behalf of Scott and I to say that we both felt extremely lucky to be a part of that event um, and that we were able to have a hand in donating such a large contribution um, on behalf of General Mills to in Kennedy's name. So it was just a great highlight of my career, I think. <laughs> so how do you outdo that the next year? You come in and help us get 2 million meals. Yeah. 2 million. Like, that is just mind boggling. The, the growth in this from the back of a Chevy Traverse to 2 million meals in only two years. Seems like Katie was the right hire to make this happen, huh, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> A- absolutely. Uh, I, you know, just understanding the scope of the need and seeing it firsthand and being part of something, you know, and I mentioned grassroots uh, to see the community engagement and the breadth of the community engagement in all aspects is beyond heartwarming in the sense that it leaves you with the question of how do we do even more? And how do we have an even greater impact? And that is how we came back this year in 2020, uh, 2021, and we increased the size of that donation. Uh, we actually brought in three truckloads to feeding Tampa Bay, uh, which was was fun to see the delivery arrive and the unloading at the warehouse. And you know, when you just look at those forklifts and they start unloading, when those semi-truck doors open and they begin unloading and you're pulling off pallets and then you break those cases open and look at the number of actual packages of cereal and think about those going out and you know beyond filling a need I think those packages uh, in this case this year it was Lucky Charms uh, that we brought and just knowing how many smiles that that would bring forward in terms of when that package is in that pantry or on that kitchen table and knowing that uh, not only are we providing nourishment, but providing a little bit of fun too along the way in conjunction with that. So we're extending nutrition, we're extending smiles, and then knowing too that this year with the the milk uh, partnership and uh, bringing that into a, you know, a full, full meal occasion opportunity. And um, it, it just, as I said, leaves us with the desire to, how do we do even more next year? And what do we do to top what we've brought so far? And where, you know, where does this continue to go? How big can we make this as an effort and continue to get even broader community engagement? Well, and I'm sure Shannon will share some stories of how others have climbed on board with this campaign and done really cool things in our community. But I wanted to touch on something that both of you mentioned, which is the need. You know, we think a lot about childhood hunger in our community. And I think generally that's something that touches everybody's heart, right? We can't possibly imagine that there are children near us who are going without meals. But Katie, you mentioned this, and I think it's really important to kind of dig in a little bit, not just in the pandemic, but every summer, 
kids in our community are missing out on meals they count on throughout the year. You know, more than half of the children in each of our 10 counties who are in public schools are eligible for free or reduced lunch. And so that's something they're getting lunch. In many cases, they're getting breakfast at school. And even in some cases, they're being offered dinner. And when schools closed down at the beginning of the pandemic or every year during the summer when kids aren't in school, you have a huge gap you know, just an incredibly important time for the community to step up and, you know, to give folks an idea of, of what that gap looks like. Just in Hillsborough County alone, there are over 100,000 students eligible for free or reduced lunch. And then when you look at how many students take advantage of summer food uh, through the federal program that's similar to the school lunch program, it's less than a quarter less than a quarter of the kids who are getting free lunch during the school year are getting that same nutritional support over the summer. And so that's where Feeding Tampa Bay needs to step in. That's where General Mills and your contribution to our work is so critical. That's where the community jumping on board and following the lead of a great company and a great nonprofit really does transform what a child has access to over the course of the summer. It really does materially change the nutritional capability within a family. And I, you know, I know I got a little dry with the statistics there, but to me, it always comes back to individual kids who know that Monday through Friday, they're going to be fed at school. Saturday and Sunday, maybe, maybe not. Over the summer, it gets pretty dicey. And so I think that that's just such a critical thing to note and, and to just thank you so much for the difference that you make. And Shannon, I will stop now. So guys, speaking of meals and speaking of kids and speaking of families, we have this question that we ask our guests um, that people really love. So we will start this time. I'll start. I'm going to start with Katie. So, and then Scott, this isn't fair because you're going to get a little lead time. So whatever you got to remember your first thought in your mind katie memory around the table favorite memory around the table meal around the table it could be any time in your life one two three go so this is a hard question for me my family was always my parents were the type that we ate dinner as a family at the dinner table together every single night the tv was not allowed to be on we were going to have a conversation as a family um so it's hard to think of one in particular when it was every single night of my childhood. Um, but we're, we love to laugh. We love to like crack jokes with each other. So I just remember lots of like laughter um, with my brother and my parents and I. Um, my dad is actually the person who cooks our meals. Uh, he went to culinary school. So we always ate very well. Uh, and my mom loved that. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so they were both working parents. Um, and my brother and I were always both in school and had after school activities, dance or soccer, what have you music class. So it was always nice to kind of know that we were required to have that meal at home um, as a family together. And so definitely something that I want to instill in my future family and keep that going. So did your dad uh, teach you the culinary arts as you were growing up? A little up? bit. So I definitely, my cooking style is similar to his in that I'm not very good at following a recipe. I just kind of like 
that's a rough guideline and I kind of wing it I love it. I <laughs> as love I'm it. going. Yeah. And my husband is very much the opposite where he's like, everything is measured the exact time, you know, so I can never replicate anything that I cook twice because of just making it up as I go. Um, but he's very much a rule follower and is following a recipe to a T. So I think I think so, I got that from my dad. Well, I think that the opposites are um, like the rule for success. So congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, tell us yours, your family memory. Ironically, very similar to Katie in um, the, the family meal, the family dinner. My mom was a great cook and not only did she prepare what I considered um, really good meals. There was always an awesome dessert to go along with that. Um, That was something to look forward to. And she made everything from scratch um, at the time. A good portion of my childhood, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. um, And I, I do recall that we were always eager for my dad to arrive home because that triggered dinner time, uh, which meant that once we got through the meal, um, there was always going to be a great dessert to follow that up. Um, I also do recall in the summer, though, um, wanting to not come back into the house. And so therefore, too, it was always a matter of uh, how, how can we extend the dinner meal so that we don't miss out on dinner but at the same time, we don't compromise any of our outside time because we were trying to extend it all the way till, as my mom used to say, when the streetlights turned on. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a balance of and I grew up uh, living outside of Boston. Uh, so we had winter, of course, and there were shorter days and darkness fell a whole lot sooner. Um, but I remember in the summertime, really want to extend that day. Uh, but at the same time not miss out on whatever the great meal my mom had planned and prepared uh, for that day. Wonderful. That is so awesome. So our, our next foodie question, um, and, the, and I also challenge you not on brand. Okay. Can't be a brand, even part of the, the portfolio, not on brand favorite meal or food. Katie go. So I'm a, a carb gal. I love bread and potatoes and anything like that. Pasta is probably my favorite, favorite meal ever. Um, not too picky on type. I'll try any of it. Love a good pasta dish. <laughs> Easy. Scott, you favorite meal. I'm all for protein. So I am grilled chicken and some type of uh, red meat uh, with a vegetable and a starch, but uh, really your, your basic food groups, but I really am a big protein connoisseur. Preferably grilled. Correct. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent grilled. So do you do the grilling? I do. Yes. My, my wife plans a lot of meals, but I do most of the protein part of the preparation. Okay. Okay. So now we can skip back in really quick to brands. So I was at, we, were, we did our one day where everyone on both sides of the bay came in and did their donations. And I was super fortunate. On, Katie was in St. Pete with part of our team. And I actually was in Tampa with Scott. So we're all sitting talking about cereal as we've been doing. And then all of a sudden I have this very enlightened moment where Scott introduced me to some of very small fraction of your portfolio. It was so funny because he went inside 
and bought a couple bagfuls of your brands and threw them on the table for us. And we were like, what? <laughs> so shocked. So you guys share with us some of your brands that people are going to be blown over that the cereal company actually owns these are responsible for these brands. Yeah, so I can start with some of our, I'll start with our meals brands. So, you know, go from one aisle to another. So we have um, Old El Paso, which are delicious taco kits and uh, anything you need for taco night. Yes, yes. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Definitely a great, yeah. easy go-to dinner uh, for us in my house. Um, we also have Suddenly Salad um, and Hamburger Helper. We have, um, moving into some of our yogurt brands, we have YoPlay, um, We by YoPlay, Gogurt, um, which is a great tie-in potentially to cereal for summer in the future that we're trying to yes. uh, drive a partnership there. Yes. Um, the, the Simply Gogurt is a staple at my house. And if we're <laughs> low, we have fewer than two boxes, the kids start to get worried. So <laughs> they're good frozen too, by the way. Mm-hmm. The Gogurts. They're yeah. so good frozen. Mm-hmm. They're a great That's lunchbox a little- item because you can freeze them and then they melt by lunch. Yes. <laughs> But they're still good and cold, even though they've thawed. They're still good and cold. Yes, they're so good. It was into the intention was kids, but then I tried one, and you know, like tricks, you know. (laughs) Yeah. When it comes to food, everybody's a kid. Ooh. Right tagline. Yeah. Well, there's our little snippet right there, Ev. Yeah. Exactly. So here, how's this one? Uh, one of General Mills brands, we have the Annie's brands, uh, but it also includes Annie's macaroni and cheese. Now, oh. Annie's is a natural and organic brand. Yes. Uh, but if you think about that bridge between children and adults, who doesn't love a great macaroni and cheese? Yes. That's with a little hot sauce. You're in business. <laughs> <laughs> that takes it up a couple of notches right there. Then it becomes an adult. Yes. On a, right. on a sword. There you go. Uh, one of the big surprises I think that we had, Shannon, that you were referencing there were Epic Meat Snacks, which General Mills uh, recently acquired in the last uh, four years. Mm-hmm. Epic Meat Snacks, which includes um, a variety of really culinary pork rinds uh, and and meat snacks and a variety of, uh, we even have a bacon topping for salads that's in the Epic line. Um, A few others that Katie didn't mention uh, that may not be known, Progresso Soup is one of the General Mills brands, along with a majority of the Pillsbury brands. If you think about Pillsbury refrigerated dough, um, mm-hmm. Your cinnamon rolls and Yum. crescents are all part of the General Mills portfolio as well. Uh, Chex snack mix and Garadetto snack mix are a few others. Um, you know, we, we cover a good portion of the day. If you really think about from morning to noon uh, and then throughout the day through uh, snacking as well. I mentioned the Czech snack mix, which is great for evenings. Uh, if you think about various Sporting events, we have uh, Totino's hot snacks and pizza as well. Um, So we are in different temperature states. You know, if you think about center store and dry grocery, um, as we mentioned, the yogurt and dough, which is in refrigerated category. 
And then we're also in frozen in a number of places, toaster strudel, um, which is frozen breakfast. And as I said, the Totino's pizza, who doesn't not like uh, oh. Totino's pizza, which for the most part, they're single serve. I think you can consider, <laughs> <Yeah>. those, <laughs> consider those to be single I serve. I, I think with mac and cheese and Totino's, you've got like 80% of Ev's diet. Yeah. Yeah, I think I love favorites and every show is those those two things. You, yeah. you got I'm pretty sure one serving of Totino's is two actual frozen pizzas, right? Like you're supposed to eat two back to back. Absolutely. Yes, it <laughs> is. So um, and if you've never tried it, give it a shot in an air fryer. It oh. comes out amazing. And I was going to say the pizza rolls in the air fryer are top notch. Yeah. Totino's pizza as well. Air fryer, it is amazing. Incredible, <laughs> the result you can get, as well as the speed, the time. It is quick. Cool. My dinner for me. And, and I'm going to have to say, we also have had the uh, Pop-Tarts versus Toaster Strudel conversation on this podcast before, and I am firmly in Team Toaster Strudel. Like, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. It's warm. It's gooey. It, it just it's indulgent exactly you go with as much as you want there's no comparison <laughs> now there's some great toaster pastries and we'll give credit to that company the kellogg's company but uh we'll, we will go toaster strudel pillsbury any day all the way yep yeah i'll we stack will. that up against anybody we will, and then we will. So last one I want to throw in there for snacking is uh, fruit snacks. We also have uh, both Annie's fruit snacks, which are more of your natural organic choice, as well as a number of Betty Crocker mainstream um, and Mott's fruit snacks. So Ooh, that's been that's been a really popular item through the pandemic. I know as moms and dads have been at home and they're trying to uh, entertain some of the children a little bit that's been that's provided some great entertainment but it's also the perfect on-the-go snack as well as nature valley granola bars fiber uh -huh. one uh, those are all in the portfolio as well so uh, mara bars 22 yeah. categories uh, we cover a good portion of that store yeah, yeah it's the whole store like every aisle has something from you guys Florida Blue's mission is to help people and communities achieve better health. In partnership with Feeding Tampa Bay, their collective goal is a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. How will we do that? By ensuring that all our neighbors have access to fresh, nutritious food that is essential to a healthy and capable lifestyle. We invite you to join the movement. Visit hungerfree2025.com. So it's something really interesting that I wanted to plug in. You'd mentioned that from morning till night, Really, you can almost stock your entire pantry um, with your brands. And it's something very interesting, and Matt might appreciate this, is that we partner with Habitat for Humanity, Pinellas and Pasco County. And when they launch a new home and they move a family in, we stock their entire pantry. Might be interesting if we work together on a few of those homes and maybe go in together, you guys would just be so moved. Might be something to think about in the future to maybe work together on that. I think you would just, it is such an emotional, I've only been to one, but such an emotional moment because they open up and don't expect that Feeding Tampa Bay has completely taken care of that and they have a full kitchen. Cause you know what it's like to move into a new home mm -hmm. and then it's magic what Matt and his team do. So when you said that, I was like, hmm, 
Yeah, Mike Sutton and his team at Habitat do an, an amazing job, and there's nothing better than seeing them hand the keys over to the family and seeing how the, the parents react. But you open that door and walk in and you watch a kid open the pantry, their reaction is that moment. Yeah. Their reaction is yeah. looking at this pantry full of just awesome stuff. And then my team always does something special on the counter with a little seasonal surprise or, or whatever it is. And uh, it's just a, it's a really neat partnership that we have with Habitat. I could definitely see us going in together on that for sure. Imagine a General Mills welcome home pantry. That's amazing. How it's outstanding would that be? Yes. And even you know, if, even a few items in the refrigerator in terms of some the of freezer, gogurt mm-hmm. and poster strudel. Yeah. What an idea. That is well, that, a great that, idea. Yeah. Well, so this leads families, us into what's next. Most of these families have younger children. And so if they're anything like my children, really all you need is Cheerios and those Mott's fruit snacks. I still find those in my cars all over the place. I will never get rid of Cheerios and fruit snacks from my car unless if I get rid of it and get a new one. I was going to mention that earlier. It is amazing how those Cheerios, regardless of flavor, as well as fruit snacks, find their way between the car seats. They they just naturally, gravity just draws them there. And there's, there's no question that you're going to find some between the seats. It's their little second home. It the really best part, is. The best part is when your kid's in the car seat and you're like, where did you get that? <laughs> I found You it. guys all know what's happened. I, I found it. Get ready. Anyway, so we, we kind of dipped into like future possibilities. Uh, so what are you guys' thoughts? I know you work hand in hand and with our wonderful and brilliant Ashley. Um, have you guys had any conversations on what might be in the future? Although we kind of introduced you guys to an opportunity, possibly. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, we would love to, I love the Habitat for Humanity idea. I think we'd love to explore that further and see where we can partner with you. I think it's it's such a uh, moving opportunity to be able to, to ha- support people and have them walk into a fully stocked pantry in their home and fridge and freezer um, in their home. Um, and I think, you know, one thing that we've started talking about too, is because our portfolio is so broad, what other times of year do we see the strongest need in the community with feeding Tampa Bay? Um, and I know Ashley has mentioned that usually in the beginning of the year, January and February, you guys have a stock the pantry event. Um, we're coming out of the holidays where there's so much giving, um, kind of refilling your supplies. So I think that's a a huge opportunity for us to partner together as well. Um, I know Scott mentioned we have Progresso soup. That's definitely a great pantry staple, um, that's great for that cold time of year, cold in quotes, uh, for, <laughs> for Florida and Tampa is. Bay. It's cold. cold. Yeah. Cold for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we love, you know, knowing our portfolio is so broad, we definitely want to be there when feeding Tampa Bay needs us and are open to any and all opportunities to work together. And I, I would just echo that in terms of, um, as we've talked about, you know, we have a broad portfolio. Um, we, we, we love cereal for summer and we just think it resonates so well in the community. It resonates with feeding Tampa Bay. It resonates with the general Mills portfolio. Um, we want to extend that and find that other opportunity where the need is great. The timing is well-defined and we can match up as part of our portfolio. Uh, the soup I think is a great idea. 
um, some type of center of plate or meal um, for that winter season following the holidays. Um, I really think that that would be something to give consideration to. Uh, but at the same time, we are open and we're interested and we just want to work together. We want to support the community and we truly want to collaborate on the next idea. Scott, Katie, we thank you guys so much. You know, there's no better partner than General Mills. And it's exactly these types of relationships that will help us end hunger in Tampa Bay. So we appreciate all you do and, and for your time today with us. And uh, I'm going to go and look through my pantry and see how many of my things are General Mills that I had no idea until today. Yep. That sounds outstanding. And thank you, too, for all the work that you do, uh, that Feeding Tampa Bay does for the community. You know, we don't just work in the community. We live in the community, too. Yeah. And we know these are all of our neighbors and we are here to work together. And you certainly do that. Thank you so much, guys. And we will talk to you soon about what's happening in the future. We appreciate you all. All right. So, everybody, thanks for sticking around for What the Food Bank. We just had an awesome conversation with our friends from General Mills. We learned a little bit more about Zero for Summer and all the amazing brands that they provide and support. Even came up with some new ideas for ways that we can work together. Um, and we wanted to follow that up with another partner of ours from 10 Tampa Bay. We have Catherine Birch, who is the uh, Manager of Strategic Partnerships at 10 Tampa Bay. Thanks for joining us today, Catherine. Absolutely. Uh, glad to be with my Feeding Tampa Bay team again. <laughs> yes, welcome. What we need to make sure everyone knows is this uh, Cereal for Summer concept started really uh, with you working with Feeding Tampa Bay how many years ago? Six years ago now. I can't believe it. Um, six years ago, uh, my boss said, hey, we need something to do in the community in the spring. Come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> so um, not to reinvent the wheel totally. Um, I looked uh, across the, the nation at some of what our uh, partner uh, stations were doing that belonged to the Tegna network um, and to see what they were doing. And a station in Arkansas was collecting cereal. And I thought, well, that's unique. That stands out. How do you go about doing that? So I tapped into their expertise a little bit. And um, then obviously if we collected cereal, we would need some way to distribute it. And we're not in the distributing business. So that's why I reached out to Feeding Tampa Bay and, and sat down at a table and said, you know, I know nothing about food drives. Teach me what, what are the issues of hunger in our community? would this help? And can you help facilitate this? And um, the folks at Feeding Tampa Bay jumped on board. And um, along the way, I have, you know, learned so much about the, the, the food insecurity issues in our community. Um, and uh, this has just really become my baby that I want to, you know, nurture and continue to grow year after year. So that first year, do you recall uh, what your how was your success that first year? 
You know, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm still working from home and most of my files are back at the office. So I don't know um, the exact number of cereal. I, I want to say it was maybe about 20,000 boxes, something like that. So, I mean, we thought, you know, obviously every single donation helps, um, but we've discovered that year after year, it's almost kind of a snowball effect. You know, we got a few groups uh, involved and then people would tell their friends about it. And, and someone at a different school would go, oh, we could do that too. Or another business would see a collection box and go, well, I want one of those at my place. And so year after year, it's continued to grow. And that's what makes it so exciting is that it's fun for people to do. Uh, they love buying a box of cereal. It's something very tangible that I think people enjoy. They know it's uh, going to a good cause. And of course, if if um, it, they're not able to go to a store and, and, and collect cereal, um, the online donations, of course, have, have made it really easy for people as well. Twenty thousand boxes isn't bad for your first year. <laughs> no, and, it, yeah. and then it's it's continued to grow, and you know, uh, every box is like ten meals, so um, it it really has grown. And of course, this year was so gratifying that it was a record breaker. Yeah, yeah, it was over two million meals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. That's just amazing that yeah. um, people's uh, people are so generous and um, at a time when it's needed more than ever. So very gratifying. Yeah, Catherine, I think that's a really important point because it is so important right now to, to make sure kids have access to food. Um, but I would say almost as much as we value the, the cereal that you bring to us that you help facilitate, the commitment of 10 Tampa Bay and the effort that your team puts in and the love that you give us on air and the way in which you promote the issue of hunger so that others will come on board is equally important. And we are just so appreciative of the way your on-air talent supports our work, the way your whole organization top to bottom has really jumped in with both feet to be part of this thing. Yeah, it really takes a, a whole station and a whole effort to to uh, bring about something like this. And and I think you mentioned you touched on that, Matt, is that it's more than just the cereal. It's the education. It's the uh, spreading of the awareness of that, you know, folks sometimes, you know, don't know where their next meal is coming from. And of course, that impacts children in the family. And so I think that message is so important. And um, that when people donate, um, you know, you think of, oh, you know, people that are hungry, and you maybe have images of, you know, homeless people or whatever, you're, and, and those people, of course, need help as well. But when people are donating cereal, you, you might be helping your neighbor. You just don't know who has been impacted by, you know, COVID, job loss, illness, what have you. It, it affects our friends and neighbors, and that's who folks are helping. Yeah. Life can always deal a, a, a blow. And, and people need our help. It really just doesn't matter. And, and uh, you know, we're talking about cereal for summer and it's very important, but I do want to add in at 10 Tampa Bay, 
your entire team is always there with us and through the pandemic, helping get the word out to make sure that those who are in our care knew where to find us. Um, your team, yourself, if I couldn't get a hold of somebody, I'm reaching out to you, <laughs> Catherine, I need your help. I can't get a hold of someone. I need people to know that this is happening. Um, your producers, your sales team, uh, when we did our uh, donation day, they were out there. Um, they had shifts. They didn't want to leave. Uh, you're on air support, all of you year round um, in tough times and not. You guys are all there for us all the time. And, and I want to say that thank you um, above cereal for summer um, and into the everyday. Well, and I think, you know, it's great. It, uh, our entire staff does help out on our big cereal collection day. It takes all those people to help unload cars and vans <laughs> and trucks and, and uh, the, the huge amount of cereal that comes in on that day. And it's very gratifying for them to help out and feel like they're making a difference in the community. And they're also learning about what Feeding Tampa Bay does. Well, well where does all the cereal go? I mean, everybody learns a, a little bit more about hunger, the issue in our community, how people can help through efforts like this. And we appreciate it so much. Yeah, and, and we can't deny the way in which that has really spread across the community. We had sheriff's offices and fire departments and elementary schools and small businesses and large businesses all jumping in. And, and none of that happens without people knowing about it, without people being made aware of this great opportunity. And so, uh, you know, the, the things that your team does to do to support us just amazing we really appreciate you well it does make for some good tv and i and, and um, i love like the the law enforcement agencies that are really kind of trying to one-up each other now with their presentation shall we say we've got the motorcycle escorts and the sirens and the lights and the big trucks coming in with thousands of boxes of cereal and that's what makes it fun you yes. know um it really is fun to be a part of that big long collection day because you've got all these different agencies involved and um there's there are competitions like you know, at, between shifts at the police department, like, oh, what shift is going to, you know, donate the most cereal? And so the various agencies have have fun contributing as well. But, you know, what's really amazing is still, you know, in the middle of COVID, a lot of uh, workers were not in the building, like Hillsborough County folks weren't in their big buildings. So we weren't able to do a big collection with them. The city of St. Petersburg, a lot of them donated online and dead. So um, next year, when fingers crossed, everybody's back into their normal workflow and able to, to bring boxes of cereal to work, it's going to be bigger than ever. Looking forward to that. Yes. <laughs> we, are. we are. Well, Catherine, we want to thank you for joining us today. We want to thank you for all that you do. Um, you're a treasure. Thank you for bringing this to Feeding Tampa Bay. Um, I work with you all the time, so I'm allowed to say that. And I know that 10 Tampa Bay feels the same way about you. You've been with them for how many years now? Over 20. <laughs> yeah, See, yep. you are a treasure. So thank you so much for all that you do. I will be seeing you soon as will Feeding Tampa Bay. And 2 million meals, over 2 million meals this year. 
next year is going to be off the charts. I just picked up some more cereal from Raytheon yesterday. So it's still coming it's in. still going on. Still going strong. <laughs> we appreciate you, friends. And we will see you soon. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Love you guys. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.